Yeah, what is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. This is a very special episode. This is the first interview of 2023. I know I've not told the story yet, y'all, but y'all know I went through a lot last year. Uh, just from me talking on here and talking on social media and stuff like that. I've not shared the full story, but it's coming. It's coming in due time. But I wanted to get back to the podcast, man. I wanted to get back in the full swing of things and just talking about a variety of topics, obviously promoting positivity and getting back to one of our core things, which is having impactful guests on the show. And guess what? We have a special guest in the building. Now... I've told y'all this in the past, man. You know, God has really blessed this podcast. Um, I don't know a majority of my guests. Sometimes I reach out to them. Sometimes they reach out to me. And I check them out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're a great fit for the show. And guess what? This good brother reached out to me. I went on his Instagram page. And I said, ooh, we got to have him on the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have certified CBT coach and the idea architect who is all about rebuilding men and helping them create and restructure ideas. He is the owner and creator of infrastructure of a man, Mr. Virgil Johnson. Hey, Rob, how you doing? How you doing, man? I appreciate you having me on the podcast. How you doing today? Man, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been myself lately. I'm, I'm, I'm working through, I'm on a job hunt right now. So I'm working through that and trying not to be lazy because when you prepare for an emergency and then the emergency happens and you straight, you good, you kind of get complacent. So I'm kind of working myself out of my complacency right now, but everything else is great. But I'm like, yeah. all right, we got to get out of this complacency. Let's get back on LinkedIn. Let's look at these jobs um, and see what, what we're trying to do. Where we going? What's next? We can't just lay here and be lazy and burn through all your money. That's not good. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to burn through that, man. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Just enjoying this, the start of this 2023. You know, woke up this morning, you know, really set my intentions for the year. Um, you know, really, that that's one of the things, you know, me being who I am, helping other people, one of the things that I love to do is make sure that I am setting my intentions and what I need to do. So, you know, planning all the way out toward the end of the year and then reverse engineering back to today so that way I can accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish today accomplish this year that's a powerful word you use intention mm -hmm. yeah. what what are y'all intentions out there man what are y'all intentions man <laughs> who is virgil johnson man you know, i'm just a you know i'm just a guy doing what i was created to do you know i'm a husband father of seven you know just a vessel that likes to be used by the most high you know to help other men out i got my business infrastructure of a man and i'll go into a little bit about what that is a little bit later um, I'm a former high school educator, former high school basketball coach. Um, and once again, I just like to help men overcome the problems that they're going through in their life um, on a daily basis. So that's what I that's what I do. I also work with young men. I speak with college students. You know, anyone that needs help, I help. But I cater specifically toward men. Man, I appreciate you for that, man. Just uh me perusing through your Instagram and going on your YouTube page, actually. And y'all make sure y'all check out those links in the description. Um, I learned a lot. And I'm thankful for you, man, because that's one thing that's sorely lacking. And we're definitely going to get into that conversation. It's just positive influences 
for men. Uh, ooh, I want to jump ahead, but I'm not going to jump ahead before. All right, so before we get into that, because we're going to get into that, because I want to see if we if we see eye to eye on some yeah. things. Um, and if you've been seeing some of what I've been seeing, but man, tell us about your family. You're a husband and father of seven. Yes, sir. Father of seven. Yes, so <laughs> my wife and I we're actually celebrating our our four year anniversary next month. Um, we have a thing where we actually take the entire month of February to celebrate our anniversary, not just one day, but the entire month. They say things that are celebrated are honored. So I want to make sure that I celebrate my marriage because my wife has been a, a true blessing to me in my life. Um, me being a father of seven, my wife and I, we have two children together. So we have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. Mm -hmm. And then I have five older children as well, um, ranging from ages 12 is my oldest. And then my youngest is, he just turned one at the end of November. Uh, so, you know, when 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 my children, majority of my children are together, I see my children. It's a great thing. I love being a father. I love being a husband. And I love just creating a world and building a world that my children are going to be proud of, like creating a name that when you talk to, you know, you asked me about who I was. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I that I try to build myself up on is making sure that I create a name that my children will be proud to carry. I create a name mm. that my children can use to get to where it is that they need to get to. So, um, you know, just just living that life to be a great a great example for my children and to lead my wife the way that she needs to be led. <laughs> Bruh, I you know, I'm not a parent yet. I do want kids. And you just said something profound in my opinion. Your name, you know, that means so much, man. Like, I'm named after my father. I'm Robert Wilson Jr. Mm -hmm. And people knew my dad and knew his reputation. So there's already a standard there. Um, and I feel like I'm doing a great job of living up to that or even surpassing it. And that's extremely, extremely important, man. Your name is something that you will always carry. And there are things, whether y'all want to or whether y'all like it or not, whether you want them to be there or not, there are things that are always going to be attached to your name, to your family, to your legacy, and to your lineage. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what are we doing to uphold that name and that legacy and that lineage. Are we adding to it or are we taking away from it? Especially when it comes to our children, because again, I'm not a parent, but I was also a teacher. And just to let y'all know, I've said this on here before, kids watch every single thing that you do. Yes, they do. And you have to remember, as a teacher, I found out things about my parents I ain't even ask about. We would just yeah. be sitting and I'd be talking with the kids and they would just, yeah, my mom was on a date this weekend. I don't really like him. His cologne's really stinky. I'm like, whoa, like <laughs> <laughs> didn't even ask you that. But um, I just want to let y'all know that because th that's just really important, man. They're, they're, they're just so impressionable, man. And so I just really appreciate what you said um, in regard to that. Yeah. And um, real quick, and I've, 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 I've actually never shared this before um so me you know i was fortunate my parents had me when they were young they mm -hmm. conceived me when my mother was 13 and my father was 15 so they were very young wow so i was fortunate enough to know my two grandmothers my two great grandmothers and my two great great grandmothers however on the on the you know the flip side of that i never knew any of my biological grandfathers I met one of I met my great grandfather one time when I was like seven or eight at my grandmother's house for 
literally in passing, maybe 30 seconds. Mm. So I don't know, like I know my father and I know my father's brothers, but I don't know my great grandfathers, any of my, any of my forefathers. And to me, that was that, you know, that became a problem, especially as I got older. So that's another thing that kind of pushes me to, you know, have a great name because I don't know who they are and I don't take anything away from them, Mm -hmm. but I don't want my children and grandchildren, the great grandchildren, not to know me. I, like even if they don't know me, maybe I don't make it to see them. They at least know my name. Yeah. So at the, I don't even know, you know, my great, my great, none of my grandfather's names. So actually, I'm sorry, I just learned my grandfather's name two weeks ago. I did the ancestor DNA test thing and started talking to my dad and my uncle. And, you know, I just learned my great grandfather's real name and I'm 34 years old. So I just learned it two weeks ago. Yeah. So I, I like, I don't want my great grandchildren to be in that position. So that's another thing that really, pushes me to make sure that I'm doing the right thing and, and making a great name out here on this earth. Man. Wow. Uh, I'm in the same boat. My grandparents, my dad's side of the family, I barely know them um, just because his history and trauma with them was basically passed down to me. Like yeah. he didn't have any issues with them, but they just not like buddy, buddy, like, yeah. Hey, family reunion. Mm-hmm. My mom's side of the family is the opposite. We see each other all the time. We grew up yeah. together, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, the, my grandparents, uh, I never met my grandmother on my dad's side and his father, my grandfather on that side passed away. I probably met my mom's, uh, my grandfather on my mom's side before, but I don't remember. I was probably super duper young, um, when he passed, but you know, the women in family, we can name all of them, but yeah. it's like the men, they kind of just get lost in history, which brings us back to this conversation, why it's so important. And that's one thing I'm really glad I do see on a positive note. On social media, I'm seeing a lot of young black men starting their businesses out there doing their thing um, and just creating that name and just building up their name and their brand and talking about the legacy that they want to leave behind for their kids. Because like for some of us, like we're going to be the first ones where it's like, okay, we're going to remember, you know, Virgil Johnson forever. Like the, the next 10, 20 generations are going to be talking about Virgil because of what he did and the impact that he left behind, you know, versus us not even knowing his name. That's that's very important because the only thing I really know about my grand, grandfather is that they worked hard. Yeah. That's you it. don't know what they did. <laughs> you don't know what they were good at. Right. And, and, and that's another thing. We have to learn that because as we know, memory gets passed down in the DNA. So what your what your forefathers were good at is is inside of you. So if you're struggling with what, what am I great at? Well, you're not going to know that if you don't know what they were good at. There's so many people mm-hmm. that when they go back and look at their family history, they see that, oh, my grandfather was, and I also am great at this. Oh, I also like doing that very thing that their great, great grandfather did. So that's why it's important to learn where you come from so you can know where you're going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Infrastructure of a man. What inspired you to start this? Oh, man. It was it. It started off with 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 my story and my situation and me overcoming my um, battles with suicide and depression and and all of those things. But the actual kickoff of the catalyst, I went to jail. I got arrested. Someone tried to pull a gun on me and stab me. I'm sorry. Someone tried to pull a gun on me and I had to stab them in self defense. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to jail for that. While in jail. My first cellmate, this was during COVID time, so we were locked down. We were locked down 23 hours, locked down, one hour out. Mm. And me talking to my first cellmate, you know, we just get to know each other, talking to each other, and I'm just, you know, helping them. This is what I naturally do. I just help people. Like, people are drawn to me, I help them. 
So when we were laying in the, we were laying in our bunks that night, I'm trying to fall asleep. And he's like, Hey, Hey bro, you sleep. And I'm trying to fall asleep, but I'm like, you know what? No, I'm up. What's up? He was like, I'm be honest with you. Before I came here, I didn't know why I came in here. Like I had been, I guess I had done some bad things in my life, but I was trying to do the right thing. And I ended up in here on the wrong situation. I ended up in here with some, because someone lied to me. And I'm be honest with you, before I ended up in here, before, I'm sorry, he said, when I came in here, when I left out, whenever I got out, I was going to kill myself. He said, but talking to you and getting new information and new ways to do things that I had never known how to do or know how to become successful, getting that information from you has changed my life. It has changed my outlook on my life. And I'm so thankful for me being in here with you. Like, I didn't know why I was in here, but now I see why. And now I have a new look on life. We had to switch cellmates. Next cellmate, same thing. He was in there, you know, whatever he was in there for. And the information I gave him was information that he did not know. So he had a new way in order to make money for himself where he didn't have to do anything illegal or risk his freedom, anything like that. And then as we were leaving, I posted bail. We were leaving. All of a sudden, the doors opened to the um, sales because we were all locked in. You only could come out with your cellmate. But all of the doors had unlocked the doors, the door jams had broke or something. And all of the cellmates came out. It was in our pod. It was about 60, 60 um, cellmates. Mm-hmm. It came out and I'm just sitting there talking to one of the young men. And then about 15 or 20 young other young men gathered around me and they were all just listening to me talk. And as I was when I got out and I talked to one of my mentors and I told her what happened, she was like, hey, you don't realize you just birthed the ministry. She mm. told me, she was like, this whole time you had been thinking that it was your job to help students because I was an education coach, worked in, worked with um, youth programs, all of that. She said, but maybe you're, maybe the most high created you to rebuild his warriors, his men. And when she said that, <laughs> you know, I thought about it, prayed on it. And then I was like, you know what? No, no she's right. And so that's the catalyst that started um, infrastructure of a man. And then as I just started talking to men and between my situation and all the things that I went through before then, and then talking to other men, it was like, you know, men need something that, that can help them get to the next level. So with infrastructure of a man, that's what I do. I help men get to the next level, but that's why I started infrastructure of a man originally. Wow. <sighs> Whew. Man, they, you know, people always say you never know what somebody else is going through. That's, mm-hmm. that's extremely real, man. And I, Sadly enough, man, with with the changes that have happened in the world and with us just growing up and then so we're close in age. I just turned. Oh, God, I'm getting old. I just turned 38 (laughs) December 17th. So you and I have seen I think our generation is very interesting because we have literally watched the world shift and evolve. We went from, you know, not using computers to learning how to type to tablets to cell phones. Now the cell phones got camera. We have really watched like. The movies we watched as a kid, we have watched them turn into real life, but we have also been rooted in in being raised a certain type of way. So now our perspective is highly important because now we see how our kids are being raised and what they're being exposed to, man. What our young men are being exposed to every day in the palm of their hands, and they don't have the same foundation that we have, which is why we just built different. It's not right or wrong or better or worse. It's just different. Um, and I think it's important to pass those perspectives down because a lot gets lost when it just comes to, oh, I'm going to look at my phone or all this stuff is coming to you with no filter, no context. 
no real credibility or anything like that. And they just have to take it in and either believe it or not. But they don't really have anyone there to say, hey, I know you said, you know, you saw such and such, but that's not real, man. Let me tell you what's real. or Let me show you this resource or give you that resource, man. So it's very, very important that we get out here and just talk to one another, man, especially man to man. We really need that, man. So uh, thank you for sharing that part of your story. So, um, the current state of men's mental health. Now we can just really, really, really get into it, man. Uh, what are, what are some of the things that you've been seeing or hearing that let you know, you know, what you're doing or the service you're providing is needed? You know, just whether it be in your personal life, whether it be on social media, what are some of the things that you're noticing? The first thing. Right after I got that, you know, that that revelation from one of my mentors, Mm -hmm. I came across a statistic that said 79% of suicides are committed by men. And when I read that, I said, this is it right here. Because I was there. I was there. And those of you all who, you know, don't know my story, it's on my YouTube page. You can go check it out. Um, But I was there. Like, I had planned out my entire suicide and the last thing left well I just the only reason why I told my wife is because I didn't want her to walk in and find her husband dead in the middle of the floor Mm -hmm. I felt like you know that would have been too traumatic for her Mm -hmm. at least she could prepare herself so Mm -hmm. I had got like I was right there on the doorstep so I understand what it felt like to be there but I was able to pull myself away from there I was able to take the steps necessary and dig myself out of the hole in order to get out of it so with me realizing that no majority of these things that are happening are because of men, men just, they, they aren't feeling themselves. They're, they're, they're lost. They don't know what it is that they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this idea that society has pumped into us and we're trying to live by that idea and the idea is unrealistic. So yeah. we're, we're literally trying to keep up with, with a lie. We're trying to mold ourselves into something that does not exist, that can exist, that will not exist. No one, no, no man is the societal ideal of a man. True. On top of, we get bombarded with romanticized history. We get bombarded with, with lies about how history was and what our grandparents and forefathers did. When majority of that is not true. And so we're trying to live up to a whole bunch of lives. We're, we're, then we see images on television. We're trying to live up to that. We're, we're, we're trying to do all of these things. Like, for instance, especially in the, in the urban community, you have a lot of individuals who pay attention to certain types of music, like rap music. And we see them with, let's say, all of these jewelry and all of these cars. And it doesn't dawn on us that this individual is a literal business. So that 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 chain that he's wearing See, most of us work a nine to five. So that we go buy a chain that comes out of our check. He go buys a chain. That's a tax write off for him. Mm. We we aren't even living the same type of life. He can go rent this. He's he doesn't even have to rent the car. His record label rents the car. It's not even in his name. The houses aren't in their name. And the ones that actually do have these things, most times they're not flaunting it off. They, they're not flying around, but but the ones that are showing it off and, and making you chase after that, that proverbial carrot, they're in a different type of situation than you're in. 
So like, like you can't even achieve what, they, what they're showing you because you're not even in that situation. You don't have a business where your jury is a tax write-off. So essentially you're not paying for it. And if somebody steals it, you have insurance on it and then they give you the money back for it, if not more money. Like we got, we don't take any of these things into account. What are some of the things that you see? Man. Thank you for sharing that hip hop analogy. Um, Shout out to all the old head hip hop pioneers that are educating the young people in the game um, and telling them exactly what you're just saying. This is a business. Hey, you know, and if you notice, if y'all notice and the old head rappers don't get a credit, don't get enough credit for this. What they've shown the new generation is get your money off music, start there, but then branch out and do other businesses because the music will get you popular and get you a fan base slash customer base, then you need to invest, market, and do all these other things to really make your money. Because if you look at the rappers who really stayed in the game a long time, research them and look at what they own and look at what they do outside of rap. Most of them don't even put out music anymore. They might drop once every three to five years, something like that. Um, so you just, man, I really wanted to, to touch on that. Me, the biggest thing that I've seen, one, is what you talked about, the myth and the societal norms as far as like, this is what a man is and this is what a man should do. Um, we are pushed heavily to chase money and to get women. Like that is like the heaviest thing that I see, even by accident. I've unfollowed a lot of stuff. I don't even follow certain content because it's just garbage. And I really watch <clears throat> what I take in mentally. But um, the one thing that bothers me the most is and it's getting better it was really bad a few years ago is this whole men versus women thing some yeah. of these clickbait things that they put on of how a man should be and people talking about their dating lives a lot of shows and podcasts and things like that really like to dig into relationships and i think the fundamental issue with a lot of relationships is going back to what you do we haven't taken the time to love and discover and to find ourselves. Yes. And then we want to pull someone else into that whirlwind and expect them to be patient with us and work with us through all these things. That is very, very hard. And a lot of times they haven't found themselves. And yes, sometimes it does work out to where, you know, you find each other, then you find yourselves and things work out. But like me being at 38, it took me probably in my early to mid thirties is really when I figured out, all right, this is who I am for the most part. These are the things that I'm passionate about. This is the path I know I want to go down because I've chased other things just for the sake of money or just to impress a woman. Didn't fulfill me, you know, wasn't happy doing it, wasted time, wasted effort and energy. Then I had to really stop and say, well, what fulfills you, Rob? Like, if everyone else on this earth disappeared, what what's fulfilling to you? What do you want to do? And when I started doing that, the amount of peace that just came into my yeah. life, the comfort, the mental stability, the the relief of stress. Um, like so many people have asked me, you know, when I was going through my situation, um, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm actually good. Like, more people will, the people outside of my situation were more worried and afraid than I was because one, I know God got me, but two, I know who I am. I know how to carry it and I have purpose and I have a path and I have a plan. So all these outside distractions and influences, you know, I know how to filter. I know how to say, dang, you know, 45 minutes of that might've been garbage, but these 20 minutes I were really good. So I can pull yeah. that kind of information, learning how to filter and stuff like that. But I said all that to say, yeah, my the biggest thing I've seen 
I don't like the I don't like the pitting of men versus women. Um, the idea of you know women trying to tell a man how he should be, and you know us sometimes telling a woman how they should be. It's like you can have these ideas and these uh, these constructs of what you think, but it's like see see who the person is first Absolutely. without the gender. Who mm-hmm. is this person? Because all women ain't the same, all men ain't the same. Some of the things are similar, but it's like who is this? person like we have to start looking at each other i think more so as people like who is this person what are they about you know is this someone i even want in my life yeah they might look good and they might make me feel good from time to time but let me take a look at who they really are do i want this energy around me Mm -hmm. you know is this something that i want in my life um but fellas man it listen (laughs) it is okay take a deep breath you ain't got to do it all overnight either that's another thing man yes you ain't got to do it all overnight. I used to feel like that, bro. I thought I would be. I thought I would be like you by now. I thought I'd be married, kids, house. I, I have none of the stuff that I thought I would have you, when I was young. You don't want it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all my friends say. That's what all my friends you don't say. Want it, I got it. And it's it's um touching on what you were saying about finding yourself. What I've realized because this is my second marriage. I'm, I've actually been divorced and then I'm remarried. Mm-hmm. So my current wife and I were going on four years. Mm-hmm. Um, with my ex-wife, she wasn't the perfect person. She had her flaws and she had her things. And, you know, there were, you know, reasons why a man just walked out the door. But at the end of the day, the most dangerous thing for me was being with a woman and not knowing who I was. And that's the most dangerous thing for any man. Because when you don't know who you are, First off, you're all over the place. And that's cool when you're single, but here's the thing you have to know about women. Women women naturally need to feel safe yep. and secure. They need that. That is their baseline, safety and security and assurance. They need to know they're, they, they say we're, we're visual. Women are visual, but in a sense that they're visual, like I have to, I have to see exactly where it's going in order for me to follow it. Yeah. They don't go off of faith. You know, when I, I mean, know what they you don't mean. Go off, yeah. they don't go off of your vision. Yeah. Like men, we're vi- like we have we're visionaries. So when they say we're visual creatures, we're visual because we are visionaries. We create what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Women, they're visual. So they only go off of what it is that they see. So if you come into a relationship and you haven't laid down the foundation and you're trying to figure it out, that's going to go against the natural um, the natural feeling that a woman needs to feel of being safe and secure. That's not, that's not, that's not secure to her mm-hmm. changing all in the middle of things. That's not secure to her. So she, so you need to be secure in what it is that you're doing because when a woman commits to you, she's committing to what it is that you're doing at that moment. I was, I read the autobiography of Rosa Parks and Rosa Parks husband was going out, you know, doing the civil rights era, helping black people sign up to vote. Um, doing rallies and marches and all this and that. And Rosa Parks talked about how her husband was already doing that before she met him. Mm-hmm. So because she was already he was already doing that, she was able to make the decision to know that this is what she wanted to do. So here's the thing. This ain't what Rosa Parks' husband was doing. This wasn't 2020 Black Lives Matter. He was in Alabama doing what he was doing where it literally would have cost him his life. Yep. And that's what she, she knew she she accepted that that's what she was signing up for. But just imagine if he was just, you know, working at a factory, you know, just working at Ford every day, going home, going to work, coming home, 
you know, going to work, coming home on the weekends. They may go out to the movies or to the park and have a picnic. And then he just says, hey, babe, I want to help black people vote in an area where if you help black people vote, they kill you. That, the story, they, it would have been a totally different story. <laughs> Rosa Parks' name wouldn't have been Rosa Parks. So she wouldn't have adopted. She would have been married to someone else. So, so as, a, as a man, oh, yeah. as a man, you have to you have to have your foundation laid. You don't have to have everything. You don't. You don't have to have the house calls and that, but you have to say, this is my vision. This is the path that I'm on, and this is where I'm moving to, because what that does is that lets the woman know where you're at, and she can decide if that's what she wants to attach herself to, and then she can move forward in that and know, okay, this is what it's going to look like, and this is where it's moving to, and, I, and I'm comfortable in this. And also, going back to the mental health question, that is actually what will help you in your mental health pursuit because you're all over the place as a man and you know you have some type of purpose. You know you're supposed to be doing something. Everyone has a different type of purpose. Most purposes express themselves as some type of service, but everyone has a purpose. Mm -hmm. When you aren't operating your purpose, that's what causes the depression, the suicidal thoughts, the hopelessness, the feeling lost, the anxiety, the fear about an unknown future because you don't know where you're going. That's what anxiety is. It's an over is an over worrying about an unknown threat in the future. The threat is I don't know what's going to happen because you have not put foot the pavement to move toward where you want to go to. Like most people, they just live their life. They just they wake up and wherever the wind blows them, <laughs> they go. Yeah. And that's the most that's the easiest way to end up depressed because you're going to go a whole bunch of places that you don't want to go. You and here's the crazy thing. Last point I'm gonna make. You will go somewhere that you will get to some places that will actually be great places to be at. But because you did not prepare to be there, because you just vicariously ended up there, mm. you're not going to be able to stay long and you're not going to be able to fully enjoy it mm. because you didn't have the tools or the equipment to be there. So that's why it's important to go like to figure out where you're supposed to be going and stay on that path to go that direction. That That's, that's very important. I just wanted to make that last point. Y'all, so what y'all need y'all to do, I need y'all to take that last 10, 15 minutes he just said, rewind that back, listen to it again, because you just made a light bulb go off for me personally. I'm such a planner, and it has annoyed and pissed people off to the highest point of pissedivity, because, man, you just, we can just go, we can just do this. I'm like, yo, I have learned from my mistakes. I know what mm-hmm. works for me. I know what does not work for me. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, when I jump out there without a plan, I am highly, highly, highly disappointed, and I have less money at the end of the day. We're yeah. not doing that no more. We're going to sit down. We're going to plan it. We're going to look at it. Then we're going to move. Just like when I moved to Virginia, I sat down. I planned. Had a job lined up. Moved to Virginia. Was up there for the last three years. Didn't end the way I would like for it to, but even in the end of me leaving Virginia, I stopped. I looked at my options. I planned. I said, what are we doing? What is the, what, what are we doing 24 months from now? What does that look like? I know it's God's plan, but I'm like, you know, what, what is this little roadmap? And then if something changes, God can come in and do that. But I planned it. I sat down. I thought about it. I weighed my options. Made my transition back to South Carolina. I said, this is the best move right now. And I'm happy and I'm content and I'm comfortable with my decision because it's what I wanted to do and it's what works for me. Everyone else, 
and their opinions and thoughts like that. Cool. Thank you for giving them, uh, I guess, you know, except for the people who I didn't ask, because a lot of people going to give you their opinion without you even asking them. But mm-hmm. I know what works for me. Well, you can stay here and do this and this will work. But I was like, yeah, that sounds good to you. But I got to live with these feelings and these thoughts. Yeah. I'm the one who has to do that and live with that decision. Yeah. I got to live with that decision, not you. It might look smart and it might look like the best decision to you, but this is my life. Yeah. This is what I want to do. This is what works best for me and what I know about myself, things you may not know. So that, that everything you just said, man, like just I, one of my relationships failed for exactly what you just said. I was kind of like, hey, I'm doing this for a living. I think I want to transition out and do this. And she was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's got like, what? And, I, you know, I told her, you know, ahead of time, before we even made it official, like I told her, I said, hey, you know, I'm already in school to do this. I'm trying to make this transition. I don't know how long it's going to take. You know, she thought she could handle it. She couldn't. It became a wedge. It became a problem. And eventually we broke up. There was no beef or no, no problem with it, but it just wasn't working. Yeah. You know, and I get that and I understand that. And that, that security thing, man, is 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 vitally important. The strongest, the strongest woman, I don't care who you are, where you are, when the ish hits the fan and you standing next to somebody, probably you standing next to a man, the ish hit the fan, your inclination is going to be to grip his arm and be like, oh, and look around. That's just, it's in you. It's in your DNA. And ours is to look around like, hey, what, what was going on? Who can I protect? Let me put my arm across you. You know, like they say your mama, when she slam on brakes, put the arm across you in the car. We, our instinct is to protect. When I hear like, when I've heard loud noises, just in the hallway in school, somebody dropping books, I put an arm out and I'm looking at my kids. I'm like, oh, what's going on? What, what? Yeah. Like instinctively to protect. And one of the things I always wanted to do back to your point is just, Make sure that if I get into a relationship with someone, one, I can explain the best way that I know how to explain who I am and where I'm headed and let them know I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what are your concerns with being in a relationship in general? Not just with me. What are your concerns? Let's talk about these things. All right. Well, this is what this looks like coming from me. And that's the other thing that's important about learning yourself. Yes. Protection and security don't look the same. Mm-hmm. Like for some dudes is I'm going to punch him in the face. For some dudes is I'm going to have a conversation. For some dudes is we're going to move down the street. For some dudes, I'm going to hire a lawyer. So it's good to have a conversation so she knows, okay, this is what I can realistically expect from this person. But you can't have that conversation if you don't know yourself, if you yes. haven't taken that time. So Yes. And and um, in regards to, you know, just adding a little bit more to the topic of the current state of mental health, um... Seeing is how men, more men are starting to open up now. And those of you all, those of the men that are, who are still teetering on that line, if they should, if they shouldn't, you need to. And this is why you are holding these things in and you're thinking, oh, I'm holding these things in. This makes me tough. This makes me strong. That actually weakens you. Literally, it actually weakens you. (laughs) When you hold trauma in, it affects your body. It causes ailments in your body. We wonder why men die earlier than women. We wonder why men suffer from more ailments and cancers than women. It's because we've been taught to bottle things up and not let them go. So here's the thing. I know most of you all have been taught like this warped point of view or oh, me sharing my feelings is soft and, and feminine. No, it's not. 
you can you can stand up for yourself and you can say, you know what, I don't like that. You can stand up if your if your woman's talking to you a certain way. Her you sitting there taking it, talking about, oh, I'm a man, I'm supposed to be able to take it. You know what you're also taking? Shots that shots for for stroke, shots for 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 cardiac arrest. That's what you're taking. So you're sitting here, you're letting this woman demean and degrade you. It's causing you to build up all of these ailments in your body. When all you can simply say is, hey, I don't like you talking to me like that. I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. That is not how I expect the woman that I'm with, who I'm laying my life down on the line and honoring to talk to me. That doesn't make you soft. That actually makes you strong. You standing up for yourself is strength. You letting someone treat you any way they want to that goes against how you want to treat yourself, that's weakness. We've been we've been literally taught the, the opposites of what strength and weakness are. Standing up for yourself is strength. Letting someone treat you any type of way is weakness. But we've masqueraded that as strength. No, you can you can talk about it smoothly, softly. You can get your points together. If they guess what? If your woman whatever's keep talking crazy, you can walk away. That doesn't make you less of a man. As a matter of fact, your woman talking to you crazy does not make you less of a man. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you a punk. You know what that is? That's a sign of who she is, not who you are. Because if you were so weak and such a punk, she would never got with you in the first place. Hmm. She naturally needs to feel protected. So her being with you shows that, no, she knows you're strong. She's just testing you in this moment. So you need to you know what? I ain't got to deal with this. And some men, they, they do a great job of doing that. But there's a lot of men who they don't. And they feel like, oh, it's an ego. It's my pride. Oh, I can't let her feel like, you know, she trying me. Or I'm I'm soft or something like that. Man, you ain't got nothing to prove to her. You've already proven what you need to prove to her. That's why she with you. So when it comes to that that mental health state, yeah, like when it comes to the women, and I don't want to keep tying it too much to women because there are a lot of things outside of women that contribute to mental health. Right. And we're gonna try. I'm gonna transition away from the women. I I don't want to beat up women. I love. I'm women. sending you. I'm forwarding yeah. you all the comments that they. <laughs> <laughs> we love I y'all love ladies, women, but y'all love my wife. Yeah. Love my children's mothers. Love my mother. Love all my sisters, aunties, my grandmothers. Love them all. Love women. Um, but as far as when it comes to men and their mental health, you know, in relate in relation to women. You don't have to take that. You can stand up for yourself. Anybody, it don't have to be women. Anybody. We got, I know, I don't know if you what your demographic is, but let's just say you got some teenagers listening to this. As teenagers, we joke with, with each other and josh around and you know, name call and pick with each other. You know, to a certain extent, that's cool. But at some point, you know, if you get to a point where your friends are saying things about you, you don't like that. Even if they say, Oh, you being soft, so what? Like. Here's the thing. We have to realize we have to protect ourselves. Yes. Because trauma stays with us. Yes. So those so a lot of us suffer because we didn't speak, speak up for ourselves when our friends was picking on us at 12, 13, 14 and those and now we carry around those same thoughts like that 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 their voice has implanted itself in our head. So then we start saying those things to ourselves when we 27, 28, 30. And we're wondering why we don't uplift ourselves because we've allowed people to implant negative voices in us. I'm so glad you said earlier, you pay attention to, to what you allow in. Yep. You, you protect what you allow in. We have to, and that comes with the people around us that we don't have to tear each other down as a sign of endearment. We don't have to do that. We can uplift each other. Yes, you can joke, but you don't have to consistently tear each other down. You don't have to let someone tear you down. 
Also, going back to what you were saying, as a man, when it comes to the mental health, we talked about this, we touched on it, knowing who you are. You got to figure out who you are. You have to. You got to figure out what it is that you need to do or what it is that you're supposed to be doing. You got to figure out your strengths and your weaknesses. You got to learn and study you. One of the things, and I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, when it comes to men, because we try to be so strong, we carry all of these all of these things that they're not even our strength. They're a weakness for us, mm -hmm. but we don't want to come off as weak. So we try to take on something that we're not great at and that just weighs us down. No, it's okay to tell somebody, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. You know what? That's not a strength for me. What you can do, and since I've started doing it, I've lifted a huge weight off of me. Like, because I've always raised, people have always come to me. They've always wanted to know answers, always had questions. I've Same. always been able to ask it. Same. My wife calls me human Google. Like that, that's <laughs> that's what I've always been to, to my peers and my friends and anybody around me. And sometimes there were things that I really didn't know and I would BS my way through the answer or I would, you know, try to go find it. It was like, no, hey, I don't know that, but I know this person over here knows it. Go ask them or, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. And ever since I started doing that, it's lifted that weight off me. I, I don't try to be all things to all people. I just try to be what I am supposed to be to everyone I'm supposed to be that to. Yes. Very simple. So I'm still great because I'm being the greatest version of myself to those I'm supposed to be. I don't have to be great to everybody. Everybody don't have to like you. Everybody's not going to like you. They're not. That's okay. They're That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, And then last thing, mental health. A lot of times, one of the things that, that's causing us to suffer from our mental health is, you know, our, our, lack, our lack of vitamins and minerals where we're eating. We live in a global Diet. society where we're not getting out in the sun as much. So we're not getting vitamin D. Most people don't realize you're depressed not because life is terrible and everything's crashing down on you. You're depressed probably because your vitamin D levels are deficient. If you go get your vitamin D levels checked, get your blood work done, see where all of your levels are at for everything. And if your vitamin D levels are low, if you take 50,000 milligrams of vitamin D once a week, in a couple of months, you'll feel back to normal. That means you got to go to the doctor too, y'all. Yeah, Wait, that's a whole to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Go to the doctor. That's you run around here stressing anxious because you don't, I got this pain in my side, but I can't miss work. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can. You can. <laughs> because you gonna come, you either gonna miss work for once that time, or you're going to miss work for more more time than you would have wanted to later on. Yes, one or the other, one or the other. And I actually, real quick, quick story. When I used to be a teacher, I used to have that same mindset. Like, man, I got at that time I had four kids. I got four kids. I can't miss work. Can't take time off. You know, I'm just making enough money to pay bills and take care of my kids and whatever. And so I came to work one day. And I had a sharp pain. Like, it felt like a gas bubble. Mm. And so I would, like, walk, you know, on my breaks, walk to my classroom, walk back up front to the front restroom, you know. But the, it was like I couldn't push the gas out. I'm laying on my classroom floor, just all types of things. And I'm just like, it's just getting worse and worse. And so one of my coworkers, he was like, hey, man, you straight? And I was like, man, my stomach hurt. He said, you need to go to the hospital. I said, no, nah, man, it's just gas. He said, man, you don't play about your stomach. Go to the hospital. I went to the hospital. They gave me tests. Come to find out, I was having appendicitis. I had to get rushed into emergency surgery. Damn! Had, had I not went to the hospital, I may not be talking to you right now. 
Wow. If I had allowed my, if I had allowed my ego and my pride, no, nah, it's just a little pain. It ain't bad. And ever since then, if I feel something <laughs> out, hey, I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the doctor. And that's and normal. I'm not or anything like that, but I know my body. Mm -hmm. No, this doesn't seem right. I'm going to the doctor. So, because any, it could be any little thing. That little thing, what I thought was gas, was actually appendicitis. And it could have killed me had I, like, literally the doctor said, had you gotten here, you know, a couple hours later, you probably wouldn't make it. Dang. And I drove myself to the hospital. He's like, you drove yourself here? Yes. I, why did you drive yourself? I had no other choice. Like, I still got there, but you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself. That All of this encompasses mental health. You're not eating the right things. It's throwing off your chemical balances. All of these, a lot of a lot of the things that, that are an issue starts with the mind, the body, what you're eating, what you're putting into it, what you're consuming. Yep. You start with those things and then move forward, you'll start to knock off some of these some of these mental health issues. Man, <laughs> I needed this conversation for me. Those of you <laughs> out there listening, I know you needed to hear this and share this episode. Share this episode with your friends, man, because they need to hear this, man. And we, yeah. we got another thing we're going to talk about. Now, if you're easily offended, because I'm going to say some things. <laughs> I know I'm going to say some things. I can only speak for me. <laughs> you're easily offended. You know, you shouldn't be easily offended if, you, if you're if you a fan of the podcast or if you're new to the podcast. That's why I have so many episodes and I have the track record I have because I'm not here to offend anyone. I'm here to speak my mind and let my guests speak their mind. But this is a very real thing. So um, the attack on masculinity, what does that mean and how can we combat that? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my opinion mm -hmm. the attack on masculinity is literally just that like there is a grinding down uh on the essence of what it means to be a man now most people because we've all been raised in society where images have been consistently bombarded i'm sorry have been bombarded into our minds so when we think of manhood we think of like arnold schwarzenegger and 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 rocky and you know, Indiana Jones and all of that. And, you know, that's one that's one representation of one part of manhood. Mm -hmm. But there are many other parts of manhood that aren't what we were, aren't the images that we were given on television. So when we're attacking manhood, what we're doing is there's an attack on who a man is naturally supposed to be. So there's a, an attack on, like I said earlier, a man is the visionary. He creates the vision. I learned this in a class one time. And they were talking about how when it comes to the role of a man and a woman, the man um, has logic. And the reason why a man has the natural logic is because he deals with the distant future. Whereas the woman, she has intuition. That's why she deals with the, um, that's how, that's why she is able to deal with the immediate here and now. As you can tell, most women, they're like, they just want to feel safe in the moment. They don't, most of them aren't caring about what's, what's going to happen 20 years from now. That's not their job. Mm -hmm. That's the man's job. But what the man what what has been happening is that that man's role of planning for the future the man's role of of adequately protecting that in which he was put in charge of that in which he was put you know as the covering over the 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 grinding down of of you know being tough and having grit and being strong and persevering all of that has been being worn down and that's the attack on masculinity um 
do you want to share your what your definition is? If, um, you know, you got your own definition. I I agree with that. Um, I do also believe that <laughs> there are a lot of pushes from the LGBTQ plus community. Um, when it comes to people's choices, whether you're part of that community, whether you're non-binary, however you identify yourself, that is your choice. That is your life. But it doesn't mean you have to put down people who consider themselves, quote unquote, straight. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of times that comes off as combative when it doesn't. It's like, if that's what you want to do, if that's your life, if you feel you were born that way and that's who you truly are, Fine. That is you, and I know that comes with its own set of circumstances and challenges, but a man who identifies as straight has his own circumstances and sets of challenges, and it doesn't mean you should attack him. You know, like you just mentioned, Indiana Jones, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, there's men out there who are lumberjacks and out here working on cars and doing that stuff that look like those men, you know, that we grew up with, and there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't need to be described as toxic, and it doesn't need to be, you know, they don't need to be attacked. They are just some very natural, hardworking, blue-collar men out there, and that's just who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people are like, well, expand yourself and grow yourself. Maybe this is who I want to be. Just like yeah. how other people want to be who they are and want people uh, not to mind their business, it's the same thing. And that's that's what I see. Like, we have a... There's just an issue with accepting people for who they are, no matter where they fall on the spectrum. Um, And you brought up a really good thing that's funny. Um, And I'm going to say someone's name that people love him or hate him. Kevin Samuels. God rest his soul. That's my fraternity brother. I did not agree with everything that he said, but he made some really good points. And one of the things I've one of the things I've heard, you know, when it comes to the attack on masculinity, you see a lot you talked about a lot about like the gender roles and our natural roles. And those are even being blended. You have women trying to move over to that side and you have men trying to move over to the other side. And it creates that imbalance. Cause I've seen, and I've had friends who are hardworking women making great money and stuff like that. And a lot of them has said, I'm tired of being in control. I'm tired of having to do everything. I'm tired of having to make all decisions. I'm tired of having to lead all the time. But see, <laughs> but but here's here's the thing about that. That that's a lot. That is a lot different than first man. <laughs> Here, okay, so we we have we have roles and we have roles. So mm-hmm. when it comes to the masculine, the masculine males, fathers, their role in society is to provide order discipline, structure, self-esteem, confidence. That's what a man is there for. That's their natural, spiritual, biological, whatever you want to call it. That's what their creation is for. That's the masculine. Feminine is for nurturing. That's what they're there for. So you have a nurturer and you have a protector, you know, a, a one who sets boundaries, order, structure, discipline. Now, uh, men can be nurturing. Yep. Women can set structure and boundaries. Yep. Also, this whole notion, this is what we keep getting messed up at because we keep, once again, trying to put each other into boxes that aren't reality. I was watching a documentary the other day where they were talking about the Yoruba culture. And in the Yoruba culture, the men actually, quote unquote, stay at home. The women are the ones that go out to the market and do the selling. Hmm. The men are at home 
Now, the men are at home because they're working on the farm. So if they have a farm, they're the ones that's doing the farm work. But the woman is the one that goes out of the house and makes the money. Like literally the one that's selling the goods and bringing the money back and she gives it to her husband. Mm -hmm. I was also studying some um, Dr. Miles Monroe, you know, rest in peace, Dr. Miles Monroe. Miles, Dr. Miles Monroe was talking about how certain cultures in Africa in old times, the man stayed home and the woman went out to work, not because the woman was the strength, but because the man stayed home and protected the home because a woman couldn't stay home and protect the home versus thieves. Mm. So this whole concept that the man goes out and the woman stay, that's all, what culture are we in? Also, this whole, the woman's supposed to be at home, not doing anything with her feet up and the man's supposed to be out working, making all of the money. I could be wrong. But from my studying of American culture over the last, say, few hundred years, once again, I could be wrong. If someone wants to, you know, check me on it, you can email me, whatever. The only group of people where the woman stayed at home predominantly and the man went to work, that was the white suburban um, family. Yeah. Everybody else had to work. Yeah. Every, like, Black women, your grandma, your now some of you all may have had grandmothers that didn't go to work, but you are not the majority. Majority of your grandmothers had to go to work. Why? Because your grandfather was a black man in America and they didn't want him to come up. So what are you talking about? Oh, the women didn't now used to have to work. Your grandfather, they wouldn't hire your grandfather. So who do you think had to carry the family sometimes? And it wasn't because your grandfather was lazy. So we get this notion that Oh, men, no, what works? Who are you naturally? You spoke yeah. on this earlier. Who are you naturally? Get with someone who balances you out real quick. In my, my, my faith, I'm in Hebraic walk, Hebrew Israelite. I actually study scripture in Hebrew and Greek. So I go back and read it in the original language. In Genesis, when it talks about the creation of man and woman, um, and it talks about when the Most High gave Adam a help meet, Help meet in Hebrew is actually Ezer Kinetto. Ezer Kinetto means opposite equal balancing force. Mm. The woman was created to be, to be the individual that opposes you, but not opposes you in a negative way, opposes you as in a balancing way. And I've learned this lesson with my wife because when my wife, when we first got together, we were butting heads. And we were butting heads because we had a we were we were operating in differences of opinion. We didn't have morality issues in our marriage. We just had differences of opinion. Yep. So she's she's very headstrong. I'm very headstrong. But once I said, okay, what are my strengths? What are your strengths? Let's work and put them together. When we did that, our marriage has been phenomenal. And so what 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 we have to do is stop trying to like put stop trying to put ourselves in these boxes that we that we learned about watching TV growing up. Like stop putting like what works for you. Yeah. As soon as me and my wife went, you had the situation. In my situation, when I got when I had that self defense mm -hmm. issue, it's self defense. Someone tried to take my life, mm -hmm. and I had to defend myself. I was doing contract work before that. When these contract companies found out what happened, and I got this charge, you think they, they didn't care? They didn't care that it was self defense. All my contract, they all dropped me, all mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't earn money. Guess who had to earn money? My wife. Did that make me less of a man? Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> do, do I, we still, guess what? We still operate in our roles. 
because it's not about the money. It's about what do we naturally do? So that Oof. attack on masculinity that we were talking about, it's an attack on order, structure, discipline, self-esteem. Because you can see the world, they don't, the world wants to be carefree. The world don't want to have repercussions or consequences for their actions. <laughs> so if you attack the individual who is supposed to bring repercussions, consequences, order, structure, and discipline, then you could just be free to do whatever you want to do. That's what the attack on masculinity is. It's an attack on on, on, on structure. Because people don't they don't want to have consequences. No one wants to have consequences now. That's true. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That that makes sense because that that is what people want. And that is what you see being portrayed on TV, on social media, this quote unquote free life. But is freedom really free, y'all? Like, what is that? You know, you can make yourself. Steve Harvey said this. When you're looking at people on social media, you are seeing a highlight clip most of the time of the very peak of their happiness, excitement, enjoyment. What about the other 23 and a half hours of their day? What does that look like? That person could be going home crying themselves to sleep at night. There's so many unfulfilled, empty people out here. For the simple fact that I want to be free and can't nobody tell me what to do or I don't want to have to listen to this person or want to have to do that. But that structure is how you build yeah. everything that we love and do. Everything has a structure. You know, I podcast. I have a structure for my podcast. Um, the house I live in, there's a foundation built on this house so it can be yeah. strong and built upon. When you just out here freestyling willy nilly, there's no structure you open the door for a lot of chaos and a lot of distractions and a lot of harmful things to enter your life. But when you have that structure and that discipline in place, it's like, okay, wait, we're not doing that. And even when the other person is not around, because you know how people like to talk about, like, whoa, whoa, we're not having that conversation. Just because they're not here don't mean I'm going to let you talk about them or say what you want to say. Like, we we a team. This is how this work over here. Mm-hmm. So you got to have that unity, man. So I, I definitely love that point that you just touched on, man. And um, and I know you asked, so how can we combat this? Yes, how can we combat the attack on masculinity? Okay. Um, I want to give a quick backdrop of my story, and then, you know, I'm going to tie it to where we're going. All right. So, you know, I have seven children. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> you know, getting with a woman was never hard. Being with a woman was the issue. So what I noticed when I was younger was, Women would love to have relations with me. They would love to go on dates with me. They would love to like be around me. They would love to hold on to my arm. You know, I'm 6'9", 300 pounds. I'm a big man. So mm-hmm. they automatically feel safe around me. So they loved all of that. You know, they loved me being able to do for them and, and do all of these things. But when it came to, hey, you are my woman, sometimes that was a problem more so than not. So I was like trying to think like, why is it that I have always had these issues? And I would ask some of these women who, you know, they would tell me all types of crazy stuff. And I'd be like, yo, you don't have to lie to me. Like, I I can't be the perfect man if you don't want, no no woman doesn't not want to commit herself to the perfect man. Mm -hmm. Quit lying to me. Like I'm trying to get an honest answer here. And so, you know, they just kept saying, multiple women saying these same things, but it just didn't make sense to me. And then I realized I wasn't, like quote unquote sticking up for myself in a relationship. So we talked about it earlier. I would get with a woman. And by me getting with a woman, see, I was raised, my father was in my life, but I was raised by a single mother. 
-hmm. And my mother, you know, being single and being young and, and, and being a woman who she was dealing with her own relationship issues, it was certain, certain values that she instilled in me that was not conducive to me having a productive and successful relationship. Yes, it was, yes, it was conducive to women feeling good being around me, but it wasn't conducive to me building a strong foundation for a relationship. So yeah. I would get with a woman and I would immediately go to please her. So it was like, okay, what do you want to like, what have you want me to do? Like my ex-wife, when I first met my ex-wife, I was working four jobs. I love me naturally. I like doing multiple things. Like I, if I'm doing one main thing, I get bored. I like doing multiple things. So I was working four jobs. She told me, you working four jobs is a safe and secure for me. I don't like you working four jobs. Instead of me being like, hey, look, this is naturally me. I said, okay. And I went and got one job. It, 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 life works out the way it works out. But that was me catering to her. And yeah. when I got with multiple women, that was me catering to them, catering to them, catering yeah. to them. Me and my current wife, we got together at the beginning of our relationship. We had some issues. And I you know, started doing that same thing, trying to cater to her. And I realized, oh, no, I'm going through the same problems you know what, I'm going to figure out me and I'm going to put my foot down. And I put my foot down and I said, no, this is what I'm going to do. You may not like it. This is what I'm going to do. And here's the thing. We were on the brink of a divorce. If I'm going to lose you, I'm going to lose you doing it my way. If I'm like, yeah. I don't want to lose you doing it your way because I can't blank. Like I still have to take the, the accountability for that. Yeah. But if I lose you doing it my way, then at least I could be like, well, I did it my way at work. When I put my foot down, my wife said that's when she actually gained the most respect for me, when I stood wow. up to her. So in order for us to combat this attack on masculinity as men, we have to put our foot, feet down as men. We have to say, no, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. There needs to, like right now, and I'm not even talking about black kids. I'm talking about kids in general. These kids are running around here crazy, lost almost virtually destroyed and it's because it's because order structure and discipline has slowly been removed from society and now these children they don't they don't have any fear none they don't they don't yeah they don't have any fear they don't have none you know the the, the only time you could get some type of discipline is going and playing a sport but okay that's only one part of life that's not all of life so as men we have to put our foot down and say we're not going to take this. No, you're not going to move us off our square. You can kick, scream, and holler like a little kid, but I'm not changing my mind. And once we put our foot down on, on morality of order, structure, and discipline, then that's how we combat the attack on masculinity. But as long as we keep trying to snake around and, 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 and cater and please the woman, and, and the woman doesn't have that naturally. Some women have it more than others, mm -hmm. but naturally the woman, the, the woman, the woman is feminine energy is free. It's like, it's literally in old cultures, feminine energy is represented by water. Water is chaotic. It gives life and it takes life away. Feminine energy is chaotic. It wants to be all over the place. That's why the masculine energy is there to keep it in line. It's not a control thing. It's a balanced thing. <sighs> so we have to put our foot down and say, no, you can't keep being all over the place because guess what? You got our kids all over the place. Our kids are operating like that. We don't need that anymore. Yeah. We're gonna the whole world is gonna get destroyed if we don't put our foot down as men. Yo, I I agree. And I'm I'm gonna wow. 
We have similar we have similar paths, my brother. Let me. <laughs> I've had I've had women say that to me. You know, I feel like you'll let me walk all over you, which wasn't the case. They, I would get that in the courting stages, um, and I, I I really had to when I got older and I looked back at it. There were some situations where I was doing too much, but there were also some situations. If we being real, some of y'all wanted a free meal. Okay, and the guy you probably really like wasn't feeling you like that, wasn't talking to you, so you would just say, oh, I'll go out with Rob. Um, but yeah, and I went through that in a relationship too. Uh, when I put my foot down, she didn't like it, and that was the end of that. And then later on in life, it was kind of like, well, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, you did, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and that's the other thing I'll say. Uh, two things, two things. Mm-hmm. Stop being so quick to give up on one another. As soon as somebody does something you don't like, back to that word freedom, boy. It, it, and it does feel good not to have restrictions, not have to worry about nobody else. It does. But I'd much rather have a partner. I'd yeah. much rather be able, even if it's, and it ain't always 50-50, even if it's 90-10. You, that partner taking that 10% off me for a while, that feels good. Knowing that somebody got my back, you know what I'm saying? But we got to learn to work through things. We're so quick on to the next, on to the next. I can get another one. I can replace you. And it's like, we don't even value each other as people. Um, and then you were talking, dang it. I almost lost. Oh, let me, let me gather, gather my thoughts. Oh, um, about putting your foot down. Fellas, critical, 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 right? When you are putting your foot down and you are making your stance, be prepared to follow through. It will go very bad, very quickly, if you put your foot down and she find out you full of it. That good luck trying to get any trust, respect, love, or decency from that woman when you, nah, we're going to move out here. This is what we're going to do. It's been a year. Y'all ain't moved yet. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, Don't just say it for the sake of I'm a man. This is how it should be. You need to be prepared to back it up. This is what we're doing. Be, be prepared for the resistance. <laughs> be prepared. It, like Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. So yeah, you're cool. You plan to put your foot down. She, she's coming back at you. So you got to be prepared to like stand solid on that. And she's going to, she's going to try to, she's going to, a lot of women. Now there's some women that are going to respect that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, oh, well, oh. but there are some of those women that they're going to try to hit you with a haymaker. Yeah. You got to be able to, like, when I put my foot down, my wife threw several haymakers. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and the, and, the, and the wonderful thing about it was when she threw those haymakers, I thanked her. Because what that showed me was I had matured to where I, now I can take a punch. Mm. Like, I know how to take punches now. So a proverbial punch. Like, she yeah, wasn't yeah. literally, but per, like, you know, some people, they, they can't take criticism or they can't take someone saying something about them that isn't uplifting. When my wife was saying the things that she was saying, I was like, oh, I've really grown. Like, no, I don't, what other people have to say about me doesn't matter. And this is my wife. So if I could take, cause she knows me, like she, mm-hmm. you know, she knows if I'm full of it or not, I can get on podcasts and do um, shows and speaking engagements and BS it. I can't BS it with my wife because she see me. So if she, so if I can stand up to her and she knows my true weaknesses, I can stand up to some rando, you know what I'm saying? Talking, you know, talking mess in the comments or, you know, sending me crazy emails and stuff. I can do that. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely. Oh, 
back to that point that you were saying where we have to stick through it. Men, women, children, everybody. Another, another reason why we are suffering from depression as a whole is because everything has become so easy, but resistance is what builds your, your tolerance. Resistance is what builds your ability to get through things, is what builds your confidence, is what lets you know, no, I am strong. We don't we we avoid everything that tests us, so we become weak. So now we don't trust ourselves. But when that long like like I told you all, my wife and I, when we had our issues, we had some some you know some crazy issues, but it was never an issue of morality. It was never she's messing around with another man and I'm messing around with another woman. It wasn't she's spending all the money, you know, going shopping and da da da. I'm or I'm at the club at the strip club. It was none of that. It was literally, I live my life this way. You live your life this way. They don't quite agree on the surface. And, and we haven't figured out a way to make it agree. That's all it was. But because we got through that together, now we know we could get through majority of every, like we know, okay, we got through these things. We could get through it. Like we had that there. So men, women, whomever, you have to like go through things. Like you have to look at this person like, Okay, is this a morality issue? Is this one of my, what is it called? Is this one of my non-negotiables? <laughs> like, is this person breaking a non-negotiable? If they're not breaking a non-negotiable, you need to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Now, if they're breaking one of your non-negotiables, cool, cut it loose. Like, especially if you've already laid it out there. But if it's but if it's just an issue of a difference of opinion, figure it out. You know, take me and my wife. We had to do that. We did our own. You know, couples therapy until we got a counselor. Like we got a marriage counselor. We got individual therapists. Then we got a marriage therapist. But prior to us getting the marriage therapist, we got individual therapy. I mean, we did um we did self-therapy. You gotta do it like you have to figure out how to make it work instead of figuring out why it shouldn't work. And that's how like that's how you build that up to, to help combat that, combat that that um those mental health issues and, and those um bouts of depression. And and other um, mental issues in your life. Uh, Virgil, first of all, I'm gonna have to have you on for a part two, maybe a part three, maybe a part four. You will be hearing from me throughout the year Absolutely. for panel discussions and other things like that. I just I got to put that out there right now. Um, I could not have started 2023 better than with this interview, man. I knew it was going to be great, but dang, and I'm a, off camera, I'm going to tell you something um, right. that you said that that just, yeah. But, man, I'm not going to hold you up any further. Thank you for your time. I got one last question for you, but thank you for your time, man. And you can shout out your socials right now. They're also going to be in the description of the podcast, but go ahead and shout out your socials. All right, you can find me on Instagram at infrastructure underscore of a underscore man. You can find me on YouTube at Infrastructure of a Man. And if you have any questions, you know, um, any comments, concerns, booking, do speakings, um, you know, guest appearances, info at vjohnsoninspires.com. Again, that's info at vjohnsoninspires.com. All right. So this, well, you already answered this question, but maybe there's something else you could you could add to it. For the young person that's listening, old person that li that's listening, for the men, so we we rebuilding men. Mm -hmm. For the man that's listening, that's broken, that's trying to put himself back together, that may, may be going through. What are some final words of encouragement you have for him? 
Final words of encouragement that I have for you, man. When I was on the verge of committing suicide and my wife, um, you know, we had a conversation when I told her what I was going to do. What I did, I didn't make, I didn't say I wasn't going to kill myself. I never said, okay, I'm not going to kill myself. What I did was I made a promise to myself to do every single thing I can before killing myself. If I did every single thing that I could and my life didn't change or improve, then I was going to check out of here. And in me doing everything that I can, in me standing up for myself, in me pushing forward every single day, my life has improved. I went from someone who was on the verge of taking his life than someone who lives the life that he wants to live on a daily basis. Now, I'm not living it at the level that I want to live it, but I'm living the life I want to live. So I want to let you know that it gets better, but it gets better once you put the work in. It will be better. You just have to keep moving forward. Remember, if you, you can't lose if you don't quit. If you keep going, eventually you will win. You put the work in, you learn yourself, you take responsibility for your actions, you, you, you figure out self-love, self-accountability, self-discovery, study yourself, you, you implement self-mastery, and then you find that fire to live, it will get better. I promise you it is. I'm the living example of that. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. There you have it. Mr. Virgil Johnson, thank you again for joining thank us. You thank you for having me. Man, very first episode. Matter of fact, this is the first episode of 2023. I'm, I'm putting it out. Putting it out. It's going to be the first episode. Um, and thank y'all, man. Thank y'all for continuing to tune in to From My Experience podcast. Make sure you follow us, FME underscore podcast on Instagram, From My Experience podcast on Facebook, and FMEpodcast.com. You can listen to the podcast there. You can check out our blog, and you can catch links to recent guests and things of that nature, man. We love y'all. Until next time, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, and financially. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace.